for joining us on the CCA California podcast. My name is Chris, joining you per the usual, alongside Kevin Nakata. Kevin, good to have you back, man. I know. How long has it been? How many episodes have been out? Uh, probably like 15 by now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, what, hey, can you fill me in on every single episode right now, or what's a better way to do it? You know, a better way to do it is actually just to go listen to them. Okay. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Awesome. I'm subscribed, so I've been listening. Nice. How, how have you been? Super busy. Super busy. It's um, been one of the busiest times of my life, I got to tell you. And I'm doing it for better reasons to be busy right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been kind of crazy. I've skipped down a lot of important things that I thought I should have been more involved in, CCA podcasts and some other things. But right after we were done with the San Diego banquet, it was time to get a little bit more serious, tighten down. Get get going the right direction and it's really been it's been good. For busy, sure. For so. sure. That's good to see you, man. Thanks. Seriously. Thank you. I've gained a few pounds since then, so <laughs> so have I. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Guys, before we get started this week, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Also make sure to leave a five star review. Let us know how we're doing uh, every week as we bring in new guests. New and exciting guests, including ours today. We've got Mike Muto from Submission Fishing. Mike, good to see you, man. Good to see you. How are Thank you? Thank you for having me. Good. I'm good. Happy Excellent. to be here. Excited. Excellent. Talk some jigging. Yeah. Talk some jigging. Slow we just did a jigging. whole bunch of that just re- just now, but yeah. uh, we're going to do it again. You can never really, have enough. Never enough. Exactly. We just came from visiting stores. Mm-hmm. So we just came from Hogan's Tackle, set up a deal there, and then came over across the mountains, the mountain range to here. So so you've been talking f- jigging all day long. Uh, not all day, all week. At the all two, week. two weeks, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got the delivery, and we had to get serious and figure a game plan, and we've got a good, good... We've had game plans for a while, but getting it in effect, so been really good though very rewarding that's cool that's cool well kevin you do have a quite a connection to submission fishing you rep them i'm a sales rep for them yep so you know my job is to go out there and find accounts that want to carry the product and then believe in it and trust that it's going to move and and we move it we're going to make sure that people know that it catches fish mm-hmm. and um and we've been muto's actually been historically in charge of creating an archive of all the fish catches that he's done species wise it's a huge range just from spotty bay bass all the way up to tuna mm-hmm. so you know it's i think that people can find a great resource in a lot of different places but one of the his play his youtube channel and his website's amazing place to go find something that you're interested in is slow pitch digging mm-hmm. and kevin you've made a believer into a lot of people out there too oh i hope so i mean mm-hmm. i fish it you know and and that's I right now I fish this mostly for spotted bait bass, which is like the opposite direction from some of the sizes of jigs that you see on his table, like six hundred gram jigs. I know. I'm yeah. I'm really stoked to uh, get get going on talking about that. But first, Muto, when was the last time you went fishing, man? Last time I went fishing was Sunday. Sunday. Last Sunday. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Way. I try to get out there once or twice a week. Otherwise, I had a newborn. New oh, daughter. Nice. She's yeah. two weeks old. Congratulations. Congratulations. You know it's. Not that I don't want to fish. Sometimes it's like <laughs> you're so burnt out. You're like, mm-hmm. 
I have to go fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I figured after a newborn, you know, having a newborn and all that stuff, you'd probably sleep is probably up there too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm down from like two days a week to like one day. I try to get out every week. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one day a week still not bad. I'd, yeah. I'd kill for that for sure, Kevin. And he's kayak fishing and he's boating. So imagine like the variety. He has the ability to go and do all sorts of different kinds of fishing. And and uh, what kind of boat do you have, anyways? Uh, I got a Arima Yellowtail. 2022 Sea Chaser. Yeah. Yellowtail edition. Yeah. And the thing hauls. Yeah. Really? Oh, yes. We've been chasing foamers. We were chasing, we were chasing two and on it when they were up in Dana. 40, <laughs> oh, 40 miles an hour. Four zero miles an hour. Yeah. Jeez. And sips fuel. It's awesome. Oh, my God. That's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I didn't, I didn't have the fuel in mind when I bought it, but now in 2022, <laughs> I'm like, this thing does pretty well in fuel. And mm-hmm. I didn't think about that then, but I'm. Well, I mean, we made it's the right choice. It's on most people's minds when it's yeah. seven dollars a gallon. Yeah, holy smokes! It's just a nineteen footer. It's perfect, perfect like one two man boat. Yeah. Nice, very cool pilot house. Yeah, we were. I was sticking my head through the top of the um, like the, the T top. The the yeah. well, no, no, you have a cabin. Yeah. So there's a there's like a hatch up top. So we pulled the hatch room down. Yeah, you were just standing on standing the seat. on the seat, and you can actually like <laughs> it's like a hoop. Nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. So we saw some giants too that day. That was when they were off Dana uh, Dana Point and. Man, we saw like foamers of 150 pound fish. We're just, yeah. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Well, before we get ta- get going on talking about all the jigs, you've brought quite the mm-hmm. selection. I am, I mean, I've been just salivating over all of these all hour long. But you fish them too. I do fish them, but I mean, every every angler needs more. Yeah, that's, yeah. True. that's true. I'm already like in my mind. I'm already clearing space for uh, in my garage with for all these and all that stuff. But uh, before we get started on the jigs, Muta, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where, where do you come from? What's your background? All that good stuff. Um, I grew up in uh, like Lake Arrowhead, California. You know where that is? Yeah, up in the San Bernardino Mountains, and um, did lake fishing up there. Mm-hmm. And really, I was the only one. I didn't like not too much. You know my. Parents or anything weren't into fishing. We'd mm-hmm. go up to like Green Valley Lake and Crestline and Lake Gregory. We'd fish trout, uh, usually with my buddies and stuff. But it wasn't like an everyday thing. It was mostly um, fishing with my uncles. Doing they're huge fishermen on my mom's side, and we do. We would go on charter boats out of Catalina all the time, and it mm-hmm. was like ever since I was a kid. And that's really what got me into fishing. And I probably looked forward to that every year or twice a year when we'd go like offshore fishing from Catalina with them. Mm-hmm. It was like. It, to me, it was like the greatest thing ever, like going offshore fishing. And that was kind of the genesis of how I got into fishing. And then over the last couple of years, I've just you know, really leaned into it mm-hmm. big time and done it a lot more. And every chance I get, you know, I'm out there fishing now. And then, yeah, move, I live in San Diego, moved to San Diego County like 10 years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you kind of grew up freshwater fishing and then going offshore maybe a couple times a year. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, it wasn't like... It wasn't like his huge passion. Like you catch some of the stock trout and stuff like that, you know, right. in the lakes up there. But right. it's a beautiful off, place. Offshore there. was still like my my go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was a couple times a year mm-hmm. that it would happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you? Well, loaded questions. Have you tried doing submission, uh, tossing these jigs in for freshwater? I haven't, but I know. Really? I know people that have, and they've caught trout and stuff on them. It's for not sure. surprising. Yeah. yeah, I figured you would. Yeah, I. Just, I I, the last time I went up there, because my mom still lives up there, we go to visit, and mm-hmm. I just bait weight. I threw some power bait. I got a nice lightning trout. <laughs> it okay. was pretty cool, but uh, yeah, I haven't gone up there to like. I just I don't so I don't I'm not a huge freshwater fisherman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like I'm a saltwater guy myself, but um, 
definitely something I want to lean into more is definitely get into some fresh water. It's, it's funny how that crazy. It's funny how that works because I, I know a lot of guys, myself included, were that started freshwater, but then kind of grew into saltwater, and really that's all they do. That's interesting. Do you yeah. go back to, to freshwater, or do you prefer a, like the salt? A water? little bit. I mean, I There's some I, guys that do both, but yeah, people tend to prefer one or the other for some reason. Yeah, I prefer saltwater all the way. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I started freshwater too. Yeah, bass fishing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we all kind of have had that freshwater start and then either whatever the phrase is, graduated to saltwater or just, you know, had more interest in it. It's pretty cool. I think yeah. a lot of people that are younger, they find it easier to access a lake sure. that you can fish, you know, openly and not have to be stressed out about someone telling you you can't fish this spot or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense why a lot of people may have started freshwater, especially around here. And then grew up and do the, yeah. you know, offshore. It, it's or a lot more accessible too. You know, not that many people have access to the coast. You know, there's fresh waters everywhere, streams, lakes, no matter where you are in America. That's right. There's mm-hmm. a lake everywhere. There's fresh water everywhere, but salt water, it's kind of a premium, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you be fortunate enough to live in those areas to take advantage of it. Yeah. Most people do it like I did. It was a treat, right? Mm-hmm. It was something that, like, you looked forward to because you didn't do it all the time. Yeah. Right. But now I'm fortunate enough to. Yeah, live right by the water and just get on whenever I want. So and fish great. once a week. Yeah. And then have a product that you, you know, you, yeah. have, you have a vested interest in to go get bid on. Yeah, so. no, I just fish my stuff. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about that. So there's all kinds of jigs, slow-pitch jigs from 20 gram all the way up to freaking 600 gram. It's absolutely crazy. Freaking 600 gram. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we should, <laughs> should create a hashtag on that. Yeah. Freaking 600. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, Let's start from the let, let's start from the top. What got you into slow pitch jigging? Why why does that kind of rev your engine, for lack of a better phrase? Um, you know, I kind of got into slow pitch jigging uh, accidentally. You know, I was just I bought some jigs. Uh, I know we talked about that before, where I just bought some random jigs online, mm-hmm. and they didn't know how they worked or what they did. Just these little metal jigs. They were probably like forty gram. I was out in um, San Diego Bay, uh, down by the bridge, that Coronado Bridge. It was like forty feet deep, and I just. I just tossed one of these jigs down, and I didn't really know what I was doing. It was just <laughs> letting it hit the bottom, and I caught a spotty, and I was like, oh, wow. That's weird. And I kind of paddled somewhere else, and I tossed one down, and I got bit again. And I was like, wow, like that's crazy. I've never heard of anybody catching spotties on these things, like, vertically. And then that's kind of where I became obsessed. Like, I went home, you know, did the whole Internet thing, and... <laughs> what is this? What are jigs? And I came up, I didn't even know it was called slow pitch jig. I'm like, what is it? What are these jigs I'm using? What is the terminology? And then we really started fishing spotties. And then we started vertical fishing docks. Um, you know, the group MMFC is the fishing club I'm a part of. They they kind of got into it. And I was telling them and telling these guys, man, I'm, yeah, I'm catching these fish on these little metal jigs. And nobody, mm-hmm. like, kind of believed it. Like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> like, the and then from there, it just went, it took off. I started looking offshore stuff, watching videos, you know, in Japanese that I didn't even understand, but I would just watch the techniques and that stuff. And it just took, I had so much fun doing it. Like the bite that it produces is so unique. The way that they strike it, the way that you work it is so active. Like it was just right up my alley. And that's mm-hmm. where I just came obsessed with it and leaned into it. And being relatively unknown here in California, it soon became my mission to like spread the Spread the gospel of slow pitching, for sure. And then <laughs> nice. just make my own product, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So tell us how, how you actually got into making your own products. Is that kind of was just a pet project once upon a time, or just kind of you, you just wanted to do it? Um, really, it was born out of necessity because we were buying um, 
other brands of jigs, right, like shore casting jigs and stuff. But what we were doing was, at this time, primarily fishing like spotties, right, and vertical fishing at the docks and stuff. But we were modifying existing jigs that were out there. A lot of them came with, like, treble hooks, um, you know, and stuff like that. So we were taking them out of the package, but we were having to modify these jigs to fish them how we wanted to fish them. Uh, there were shortages of them. We couldn't really find them. I'd go into stores and be like, hey, you guys got these jigs? And they didn't know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like, you guys got slow pitch jigs or micro jigs? are like, like, what's the... What is know? that? Well, yeah, what is that? We, we don't really know. So, uh, you know, I'm going to make them myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to make something that we can fish, something out of the package, made for California, made for our species, um, really any predatory fish, but something that, that was geared to our group specifically and mm-hmm. then branched out from there, so... It was uh, more out of, more out of necessity than anything. I just I couldn't find it, and I wanted something made that you know was just badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so you definitely have. I mean, slow pitch jigging in, in your brand. You've got five different, I guess, categories of um, of slow pitch. Yep. Run down the list for us. Uh, we got the micro stuff or the small stuff. Twenty grams. We got the sumo and the assassin. Uh, that that's. Primarily the bay stuff. Uh, if you're into fish and spotted bay bass, uh, sand bass, even halibut elite, that thing. So if you're like the bay guy, um, or if you just love fishing like mackerel and stuff, I mean that's that's the way to do it. Um, anything in the bay, then you got your step up, right? Your 40 gram and your 60 gram. That's that's sort of like the um, like your calico killers right there. That's what I fish in the kelp, um, sheephead, calico, again halibut elite, that thing. Even sand bass will still get that, but you're kind of outside the range of the spotties, right? Because you're getting a little deeper, a little heavier gram, a little mm-hmm. bigger jig, something you can cast. You can even catch yellowtail and foamers on those things. It's a castable jig. And then we got the 130, which is probably the one to, 130 and 220, which most people are familiar with. It's um, kind, kind of, of like a flatter jig, bigger jig. Yeah, that's like, but that jig I've caught rockfish and yellowfin. It, on that, anything will eat that jig. Like, mm-hmm. Halibut, sand bass. Just, sand bass, huge sand bass. It just depends. I've caught a ling cod on it. That oh, yeah. one video, I got oh, yeah. huge rockfish. I got ling cod, all, all on that same jig. So that's kind of like your uh, your do it all jig. Is mm-hmm. that one thirty two twenty? It just depends where you work it. And then now we've got again. This was kind of built out of necessity. We've got these big monster jigs, four hundred to six hundred gram jigs. We got the ogre and the samurai. This thing's like a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you could you can definitely kill somebody with that thing if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And the six hundred like the six hundred specifically is again, nobody it's not really out there. There's nothing here in the local market that's mm-hmm. you know being fish fed. These are like your tuna killers, right? These this is your bluefin jigs that are just designed to wreck those the blue fin so why i mean why fish a 500 or 600 gram jig other than for tuna and all that stuff well i mean i've never really seen anything this big until now i mean this is crazy yeah really the whole point of the weight of the jig is to get you down to where you need to be fishing mm-hmm. right so if the captain see you pull up on a boat and you're dealing with the night bite, right? And the captain tells you, hey, there's fish 600 or 300 feet below the boat. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to have a jig that can get down there to do it. So, you know, if the captain's like, hey, they're 400 feet down, anybody that's fished bluefin understands that when you're fishing the deep fish, usually one or two people get hooked up and then the school leaves, right? Mm-hmm. It's very rare that they kind of stick around. So I wanted to create a jig that we, you can get down to that zone fast, 
and get to the fish quick. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the 600 came. Nobody makes a 600. There's some few fours. That I don't even know if there's like really that many fives. So there's, it, there's it, not many. Yeah. Fives it, it's all about getting to the zone and then working the zone. Slow pitch is designed to then work an area once you get there. So get there fast and then stay in it longer is really the. So basically the whole point is the more the weight gets you down faster. Yes. And like what we said in the, in the earlier podcast, Kevin, seconds matter. Yeah. It does. I yeah. mean, think about when someone's cruising around on one of these, you know, with, sorry, a captain, specifically looking for fish, is cruising around anywhere from, what, six to ten knots, I would say less at night, and they are pinging fish on big, giant schools, possibly, down anywhere from, I don't know, 240 feet, sometimes 120 feet, all the way down to, like, 480 feet, mm-hmm. right? Giant schools of giant fish sometimes. Most, most likely going to be bigger fish. If it takes you 45 seconds to put a bait or jig or bait in front of that fish, that fish has probably moved out of the way already. They move so fast. Bluefin move so incredibly fast. We all know that. Um, it is not out of the question that you're going to completely miss these fish if you're fishing a very light jig, which I would claim is like 250 grams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really important for people to understand that if you can get down there quicker, before anyone else even, but that's not even, you're not trying to really compete. It's about you just getting to the zone. You're probably going to have a better shot, a shot of catching fish. So the, the science behind the weight is really just to get down now so that you can be in the zone right away yeah. and have all the time to fish it or put the, put the action to the jig like Muto was talking about to be able to get the bite. It may not even require that sometimes. A lot of people talk about getting bit on the sink. Right, but right, right when it's down. The same thing with like the if you're bo- even if you're bottom fishing too, um, mm-hmm. that that's a real popular style. Like if you're in San Nicolas Island where I was, we were fishing four or five hundred feet deep. You know, within the last couple of years, we can fish hundred fathoms now, six hundred feet. So mm-hmm. take advantage of that. But there, it was so windy. We went. This was a couple of months ago. Even that wind just didn't let up. Oh we, yeah. We kind of still not letting. Yeah. Go. We kind of caught like a break where it wasn't that bad, but it was still windy. And it was about four hundred feet. And we caught some monster rockfish, but some people couldn't even hit the bottom. You know, we're, we're looking for rockfish, and it's like they couldn't even get down. I mean, so, and I didn't even have these jigs yet, but, mm-hmm. man, I would have given my right arm to have a 600-gram jig there. Because even a, a, I think the heaviest I had was a 220-gram jig, and it was like. Took forever. By the time you hit the bottom, you were scoped out so far. You were probably mm. like 800 feet out, oh my honest, gosh. honestly, before you hit the ground. And we were getting them. <laughs> once Once I got down there, we were getting them, but mm-hmm. I would have paid to have, have something like that, just to torpedo down there fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to fishing rockfish, specifically on these 220 and all that, you know, under normal conditions and all that, when you're fishing rockfish, are you constantly keeping it on the bottom like a normal um, dropper loop or anything? Or are you actually winding in a little bit, letting it fall, winding it in, let it fall? Um, usually I just I'll hit the bottom. Once mm-hmm. I know I'm on the bottom, I do what's a, it's like the long fall technique. I'll just lift it and drop it right there, uh, bring it as high as I can. Um, if that's not working, usually I'll come up. You can come up seven cranks, you know, do seven mm-hmm. pitches, seven cranks, and then I'll just send it, let it flutter back down. Um, so the whole point is really just it. keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, you you got to keep it moving, mm-hmm. keep it keep it horizontal. Every time you pitch it, um, what is a pitch? If you want to go into the technicalities of the jig, yeah. So a pitch is when you slow pitch jigs by design. What makes them unique? So here in California, we're used to speed jigging, right? You send something down and then you reel it in. Well, a speed jig, the two differences are speed jigs are symmetrical. They're the same on both sides. And 
they're usually the weight is the same all the way through the jig or they're heavier at the back end. To sink them down straight away. Right. right. Slow pitch jigs are, they're asymmetrical. So that means the top and the bottom are different. That's how you get the flutter and the action. And then they're center balanced. So the weight isn't even throughout the thing. The weight is more centered to the balance. Balanced in the center, I mean. So when you lift it or pitch it, what that means is when you take the rod and and you reel it in once and you lift it, basically you're, you're pitching the jig in the air. It flings the jig up. Not in the air, in the water. It flicks the jig up in the water, and once it in the water, it turns to its side, and then it does its dance. It does its flutter or its slide or whatever the action of the bait is. I know you guys can't see, but that's where the center balance. Uh-huh. So all, you're, all you're showing jigs, us the ogre. Yeah, the ogre, it's a long jig, and it looks like a knife jig, but you have the asymmetry on both sides. And that center balance is what keeps it horizontal. Once it's pitched, once it goes down, it wants to go down this way. This one will like slide and take off to the side. So, hmm. yeah, that, that's where you're working. You can work it fast, you can work them slow, but the idea is you're keeping that bait, keeping the bait horizontally, and that's what gets bit. It imitates the dying bait fish, and that's really where the money is in the magic, the slow huh. pitch jigging. Yeah, interesting. And it's the same deal for for bluefin tuna too. You want to keep it in that zone and yep. then just start working it, letting yep. the jig do its thing. Yep, hundred percent. So they're 300 feet. I mean, I'm going to go down probably 325 feet, and I'm just going to work it through that zone, work it, crank it up, and just dance it the whole way. Once mm-hmm. I'm up, maybe 150 feet, I'll just I'll send it down again to 300 feet and then work that zone again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, you're not just burning it up. I'm, I'm actually working in the zone that they are. Right. Yeah. So I know you're not supposed to drop any jigs or any setups or anything before the captain tells you on a sport boat. But, Kevin, I know you're a rule breaker. <laughs> what makes the, you think that? You them on the slide? <laughs> what makes you think that? I was going to say, is it important to fish something like this on the slide when it comes to bluefin? And would it be? I mean, it's super critical to get it in the right spot and timing, too. Uh, so I'd I, say wait. The slide's yeah. probably bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the you want to be vertical. I think the thing is about moving at night, when you're really focused on the night fishing part of this situation... It doesn't make sense because most of these guys that are these boats are out there the using lights. Well, the fish they actually potentially might like the light. They like to enter it, look around, see things that might be attracted also to the light. When you're set up on a drift with the light on, sometimes the fish will go outside the light uh, the edge, and the captains will see them because they're using their side sounders right, and they're able to find the fish out way away from the boat. But they're usually circling the boat and entering and exiting the light line, looking for bait that might be stupid enough to be in the light or attracted to it because, you know, it's, they're dumb. A lot of these fish are dumb. A lot of these squid are dumb. There's a lot of squid that comes up to a light, yeah. right? So my experience with night fishing on with jigs, um, primarily on the Aztec, was that once you're set up and you're drifting, if you, if you happen to get so lucky to have a school hang with you on these boats you'll have the opportunity to have many different depths that these fish are coming through. They might come up way up high, 80 feet below the boat, and then you might be down 400 feet, way, way down below the boat. So it's tough to dictate where you're going to be fishing, but the best thing I could recommend is to be overly weighted rather than underweighted because if you end up needing to go down to 480 feet where some of these giants hang out, and you don't have something heavy enough to sink out and you're waiting for your jig to go through, and if the boat's moving, right, you're going to be 
completely missing the fish when they actually get right underneath the boat if they so happen to go right underneath the boat where everyone's jigs are going. So I think a lot of people right now, they might not even be hitting the fish at this point because some of these giants are moving at like 15 knots underwater. If we all haven't learned something is that they'll eat baits, lures, controlled at 15 knots. With the Mad Mac, right? It's nuts how fast these fish are, and they'll eat. Mm-hmm. So it's not out of the out of the you know imagination to think in your head. You have a very very small window to actually drop something at night, especially on these fish's heads. In the daytime, it's way different. Daytime, the fish we all know they have great eyesight. With all the flash, with everything else going on, with you know some of the colors like here, like that grape. Like the fish are gonna see the sham- the shine, the shimmer, and the the color, whatever they might be looking at, the vibration, yeah. and they're gonna attack it because they notice it way longer away from farther away. So that's my perspective on why I think like this technique is probably undervalued at this point because there just hasn't been something to take off in a different direction, which is, you know in my opinion, heavier than what everyone's been fishing. We're talking 600 grams. That's double than what we started with, with flat falls. Right. 300 grams? Like, that was yeah, heavy that was, for that people. Was like nets. Yeah, people were like, no way, this is going to get bit. Like, And then look at now, it's like, that's yeah, that's like, like your ex. It's like popcorn to those things. Exactly. Oh, they're choking it, too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. the thing is down. Like, some of these fish I've seen come up at night, especially cows, they 200-pound fish, it's down. In their throat. Like they sucked it down. Yeah. They yeah. just came up and puffed it one time, and the thing was already down, you know? So imagine, <clears throat> this is a 600-gram jig, this this samurai. It's a 400, actually. But the 600-gram jig, when you look at it, that is not that big of a profile. It's going to be an instant suck. Like, it's just going to go, and the thing's going to be gone if they haven't already choked on it, you know, and you're going to feel it. So, anyways... That's my long-winded yeah. explanation of why I think it's good. <laughs> I agree. I like it. I like it. I mean, that, that kind of makes sense, though, Kevin. I mean, when it comes to the bait size and the weight and all that stuff, all the things, I mean, you cut up, you cut open a fish and all that, there's been crazier stuff inside the, those uh, those stomachs there. Oh, man. And look at the size things, of these jigs, but they're, like, short, smaller than a 16-inch, you know, half pound, or sorry, 0.7 pound you know flying fish that were all fishing yeah. under kites but you, mm-hmm. you've seen some of the size of these mackerels you pull out offshore oh yeah They're way bigger than this 600 gram and they smoke these mackerels yeah you know <laughs> i think we just like you lose perspective we're like oh that's so big we're like but not compared to these fish it's not Mm-mm. has there been i mean before this year i never even heard of uh slow pitch jigs or any jig that's four five six hundred grams I mean, that's heavy. Is, is this like a new thing for this year? Yeah. Have I you think seen anything else? Just the game's changing, you know. Yeah. I think people are like, oh, we can catch them on jigs. So now they're catching them on jigs. It's you know, it, this is my theory. And you guys tell me what you think about this. I, I talked to this about somebody. Is that people are like, oh, these big bluefin are deep. These big bluefin are deep. I think the bluefin have always been deep. Mm-hmm. Just nobody mm-hmm. knew how to catch them. And nobody was using the jigs. So, you know, everybody was waiting for the boils and yeah, looking for bluefin on the surface. And they're like, oh, the bluefin aren't here this year. And now everybody's going out at night. You're never seeing boils. You don't see these bluefin at all. And people are coming back with limits with huge fish. I believe that. I think the bluefin have been here. 
but nobody was fishing these jigs and knew that they were down there and knew how to get them. And I think now that the uh, deep jigging is a thing, mm-hmm. that's what they eat at night, right? And now everybody's, oh, now the bluefin are like, now they're down there. I, I think they've been down there. Personally, that that's a theory one. I can't mm-hmm. substantiate it, but they, you see the correlation with, well, yeah, all those fish, they're all on the, they've all got jigs in their mouth, right? And I'm like, I, I bet they've been there. Mm-hmm. And we've just been waiting. We didn't know how to find them. And I think now we figured out how to get them deep. So that makes sense yeah. because I remember when, like, way back when, when I was running boats and all that, whenever the fish were down deep, two, three, four hundred feet and all that, it was like a no go. It's like, oh, I see fish, but they're no not, way. they're not up. Yeah, yeah they're not, not going to bite. Yeah. Yeah. We always just kind of wrote them off and all that. But that makes sense yeah. because now. We have the ability, I mean, these freaking four, five, six hundred gram jigs to where, you know, you can get down there mm-hmm. in relatively short order and with the very mo- with short. the action. Very, very short. Very short. Yeah. Not, not relatively. This will be your shortest trip yeah. down. Yeah. You know, it's that's for sure. That's that's why I think that we're sitting here with like this different looking product here going like that's big. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, again, is you're going to be down there. Very fast. Yeah. You think someone or you think yourself are going to be coming out with anything larger than 600 gram? I mean, if there's a need for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is. If, I do too. If they're smoking these 600s, why would you not want to get down there faster? If if they you keep sending something bigger until they stop eating it. Mm-hmm. If they're going to eat something bigger, then yes, it'll throw something heavier to get down there faster. We haven't like, hit the apex yet of the of We're going to find out. So. I think it's you have to convince people to use something unorthodox, right? Mm-hmm. That mm. When, when people see these jigs and these big jigs, you're like, it's new. It's new. And people don't, it, to, you have to get over that mentally until you start seeing the fish, right? Like who was, knife jigs were the thing, right? Who, who was fishing knife jigs five years ago? Nobody, not for mm-hmm. bluefin. Now they're like, oh, everybody, we need the knife jigs. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? all they and, need. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, I think you're just going to keep upping it because now we know that they catch on those. You've got to, well, now you got to beat those. Now you got to get in heavier. You got to get down before the other ones get down. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's out of the realm that you're going to start seeing them bigger and heavier for sure. Yeah. Just, just for the speed, just to get down there. Just think how long it took for people to pick up on spreader bars. Yeah, that's true. It's crazy. Yeah. That was like that's been used for many decades over in the East Coast. Tell, I'm, I mean, and stick baits and poppers and things like. You know, flying fish and kites, that was already, like, around way back then. That took us a long time to get back to, you know, a, a while it took back to get back to. and Almost 100 years. Yeah. So we're, we're dealing with stuff that's all new to us, but the fish don't care. The yeah. fish don't have a schedule. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That'd be interesting. Go look at look inside a fish's schedule. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, before you write we, that book when you when you find out. Yeah. <laughs> before we kicked it on here, we actually sat a little bit of time in the dark, charging all these things with the yeah. light and all that. I think. I mean, it goes to show the last couple of years when these knife jigs and this and the slow pitch jigs have come out. You see, you guys kind of. You know, waving their jigs in front of the floodlights on right, the sport right, right. boats and all yeah. that. I'm guilty. Yep, yep, we all are. Or you bring one of these, you know, the black lights. Yeah, the flashlight. Or I've seen um, our good friend Arnie Seco. He uses his uh, his camera light as well, his, Ar- yeah. his, his camera flash. Um, cam- that, that's a lot of pictures just with flash <laughs> or just for flash. But anyway, 
how important is it to charge your jigs and you know on yours specifically does the charge um really make a difference and, and how long does it last typically um you know when you're the sunlight that kind of lasts you know forever as you're pulling them in and out so it, it constantly stays charged mm-hmm. when you're doing them at night and you hit them with like a uv light i mean i think you're going to get a good two minutes out of it you yeah know, where it's like super bright and it'll fade you know, mm-hmm. over a few minutes, but I've left them in the dark for five, seven minutes, and you can still see it glowing. Mm-hmm. It's not as prominent, but yeah, is it, you can get them. Is it best to kind of keep them in the sun during the day and, and kind of just charge kind of like a battery? I don't think it matters that no. much. Yeah. It's, huh. I, I, think I, I, don't, I don't know if it'll last, like, longer than if you, like, if you charged it all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it'll it run down, like, at night or something. I haven't really tested it, to be honest with you. There's also plenty of people that will probably argue that glow is not necessarily, yeah. and that they've been catching plenty of fish with non-glowing yeah. That's jigs. what we sell them without the glow, too. Some people don't like the glow. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And some people like the glow. So it, it depends. We make them both. We make some with... With the glow and some without it. Huh? I'm kind of curious. What, what have you heard about the argument against glow? Um, I like glow myself personally, mm-hmm. but I've seen plenty of fish caught without them. Um, I think maybe pe- people think it's distracting or what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. To me, I think it gives them something else to look at, the way it flashes, you know. We put glow on only half the side, so that way when it, it's fluttering down, it flashes the glow. Mm-hmm. So the glow goes on off. It looks like it's... Bioluminescent. Yeah, it, so when... You're just seeing the top and the bottom, and the jig's twirling and flashing. It's right. It's flashing the actual light at him instead oh. of just having a constant light. So that's why we do half of the jig, mm-hmm. with, the, and with, with the exception of some, that the whole thing glows. The blue on the entire body, that thing just looks like an eerie. It's I know. I saw thing. that yeah. earlier. That the entire. So some, we have some jigs. The entire body glows. We have some with no glow, and we've got some with the half flash. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. When it comes to, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about rigging. I know the smaller ones already come pre-rigged with hooks and all mm-hmm. that, which those work. Uh, I can speak from experience. Kevin, you can too as oh, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. whole bunch of spotties. And um, other things too. Yeah. yeah. So, but on the bigger ones, um, actually, first off, how big do the cu- the hooks come with? I know I see 130. Do they come on a 220? No. The 220 was the kind of the cutoff. The, okay. The first run we did, we did have the hooks, but I saw a lot of people were just changing them out, so we forewent the hook and just left them on the 130. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the 20, the 40, the 60, the 130, that's something you can just grab off the shelf and go fish, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of it. You don't need to... Go put hooks on. You don't need to fiddle with it. Like this is the stuff. You're at the bay. You grab it. You're going on a sport boat. You go fish. Now the bigger stuff, the 220, the four and six hundred up, is unrigged because you're probably fishing for big game, and people like they like to put their own stuff on there. So I was just so about to say, do, it's personal preference. Some yeah. you know, some guys like single hooks. Some guys like freaking assist hooks. All that stuff. Yeah. Some people like trebles. Troubles. It's odd, you know. There's yeah. an odd. Or few. What was that one hook you guys called it? Which the one? on the back. The Jobus. The Jobus. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you rig them? How, how, what's the what's the Mike Muto way of rigging these uh, 500 gram jigs? Uh, if I'm going for tuna, I like going uh, double assist hook. I mean, two assist hooks, one on each side, not double. So, one big, probably like five aught on the front and the back. Um, that run roughly the length halfway in between the jig. Okay. If so I'm going, the length of the braid from the eye of the hook to the ring? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then for rockfish, I just do two hooks on top about halfway down the length, too, and then nothing on the bottom. Typically. Okay. Yeah. 
So when it comes to for for just speaking on this 500 gram jig, for example, you're not doing a single J hook. You're put you're putting kind of like a piece of braid right there, and then getting it to halfway yeah. across the jig. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because exactly. so, as, as it swings, you want that you want it covered. Because the difference with slow pitch jigs as opposed to knife jigs, the knife jig is kind of goes up and down. Slow pitch jig goes horizontal, and it swings and rolls each way. So when it's going one way horizontally, you want the hook covering half of it. And then when it pitches the other way, you want the other hook covering half of it. So that way you've got the coverage both ways. Because they're going to bite either the head or usually the center, like mm-hmm. kind of right in the middle. They're predators. They'll go for the what they think is the face, either the eye or, or the back. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And same deal with these with the... With this guy right here, too, the 500 yeah. gram, the slow pit. Yeah. The, the slow samurai. samurai. Samurai, thank you. Same concept. Same thing, yeah. Nice. Speaking of samurais, I can see why you uh, you represent this brand, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I, I it, the thing about it is that you know, there's the companies that I affiliate with that listen to anglers. That's something that's very appealing to me because... <laughs> The, in the ever-changing landscape we have in in the tools we can ac- have access to nowadays, it's really important that a company can modify or change or upgrade or do something to make it more relevant. And so, you know, this is a big conversation we're having because, like, literally, it's physically the, the jigs are big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, like we were talking about, like, there's no one offering this or pushing this, but... You know, knowing some people are asking for this, the very little people that are that catching fish, this is a big, big step forward for, you know, a company, a brand that's stepping out and trying to expand, covering more bases for anglers to enjoy fishing more, try something Mm new. Um, There's a lot of time built into trying to get people to fish with this because like everything else that we do. We, whether you're telling someone to finally troll 15 knots for a you know a bluefin, or trying to tell them convince them to put a, a kite in the sky with a clip and a dead flying dead flying mm-hmm. fish for a bluefin, or a spreader bar, or a clear popper, or just you can name all the randomness we've come up with of things the trends that we've come up with and how much time it took for people to finally pick up on it, you know? Mm-hmm. When are they going to finally be the ones to take up the charge and, and try it out for themselves and make it happen and then be the first to the to the punch, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I think that's what's really cool about this is that we've made it more of an even playing field than probably most companies have. Speaking of trolling, have you noticed some of the sport boats are starting to troll again? Like what kind of trolling? Uh, trolling whenever you know you're going bluefin fishing and all but, that. But like, what were they putting on there? I think fat. Well, they were trolling on the San Diego, and that was that's true. I did see that. Yeah, I don't know what they were pulling yeah. back there, but they it's have been a to while. plugs and all that. It's been a while. On, I went on a trip last year, and they did lots of trolling. Really? Yeah, and they were it was like the hoochies and stuff in the back, mm-hmm. and they were kind of buzzing patties. We we're down in Mexico, but and I, I hadn't really been on a trip where they trolled that much and they it rot- used to be all trolling and they yeah. rotated the people so your yeah. number they would rotate your number and then once they got bit they would stop and you would kind of fish around the boat and then they would troll again And they did that for years it used to be years. nothing but troll yeah. stops you mm-hmm. stop you load you start throwing bait out and you would you know get the fish to tighten up to the boat and you'd start catching fish yeah, in the bait that's, that's kind of what they were doing yeah th- it's been a while since we've seen that usually right yep. now it's like running gun you're gonna look for fish you stop you look you get them to come up you get the baits yeah. out I think they, they were just finicky that day, so they're like, let's mm-hmm. get bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was catching them on the the 130 yellowfin like crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Once they came close, I just 
toss it out there, let it flutter. And they were close to the boat too, like mm-hmm. 10 so feet down. You're fishing daytime though. Yeah. So, so what's the difference between daytime and nighttime fishing in your opinion? Just sight, obviously. Fishing wise, like the technique, does it get faster? Does it do anything? Do you do anything different? Um, it's like anything. I find the rhythm, you know, fish it and you see what works. It's different every time. Sometimes they like it pitched fast. Sometimes they like it slow. Sometimes I'll lift it higher. Sometimes I'll let it fall longer. Sometimes it's just pop, pop, pop. I'm just letting it dance all the way up the, the column. Yeah. Do they eat it more on the drop than they do on your you pitching it? Like well, it, it's it always it's always on the drop. Always on the drop. Even even when you pitch it, they're still biting it as it falls. So when you're pitching it, you're just sending it on a little drop, a sideways or just a mini drop. Yeah. So it's that's what slow pitch jigging is. Is you're pitching it, you're sending it up. The jig comes up and it'll it turns to its side and then it slides down. So it doesn't seem like you're all the way on that. Like you're not dropping at five months. If I get into the zone and I start pitching it, they're eating it on the drop, hmm. essentially, because it, it's the jig floating. That's why you don't feel the bite, right? Sometimes it's you don't know until it's on when you go to pitch it again or reel it, and you're like, oh, there's a fish on there because they, they bit it on the drop. Yeah, Very interesting. When it comes to slow pitch fishing, I know a couple of years ago, even in like 2020, 2021, a lot of people were under the impression that you needed a specific setup, a specific rod, and all that. You need to be acid wrap and everything. Not the case for your jigs. Almost you can all, you can almost fish any kind of setup for the for the slow pitch, and because it's really the jig that's doing the fishing, right? I mean, the good rod with the big stuff, I would say yes, because there's really actually there's not even really anything you can buy that that pitches the big <laughs> stuff. But you're gonna need a heavy rod anyways when you're fishing a jig that's that big. You're catching a big fish. You're gonna want something that can handle. You can a put big on fish. the you can yeah. put on the rail something that you can fight it with. Um, kind of like not getting caught with bass gear on a on a sixty pound yeah. bluefin bite. And then <laughs> even the I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even I the know. twenty grams when you're fishing around docks. No, not really. Just the mm-hmm. any kind of good bass rod uh, mm-hmm. will work. But I think once you get into that. Getting that 60, 220 gram, I think it's important to have a good parabolic slow pitch rod designed for slow pitch jigging. Yeah. Are there any pretty decent ones that you can recommend out on the market? Um, I mean, we're waiting for those Taipan rods, but. Mm. There you go. No. So, Simon, <laughs> wink, wink, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I've been using uh, mostly Phoenix rods and stuff like that. A lot of companies are starting to make them now. Shimano's mm-hmm. got some, Penn's got some. They're becoming a little more available than they were. For sure, what I think it, I think around here it's a way different ask for what we're looking for because fish fishing around here people really like to be overpowered rather than to be undergunned. I don't think anyone really likes to be undergunned very much, mm-hmm. and a lot of these fit the, the the slow pitching slow pitch jigging rods that have been out there are extremely slow action. I'm talking the whole things you can watch some of these videos where sometimes they're just. Pointed at the fish, oh, yeah. rod tip, no bend. Mm-hmm. Because there's literally, and when you pull on it, the thing is still pointed downwards, even when you're trying to pull on it. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, 100%. So, I don't know. It's That's when I was like making that sand bass video, right? Like, I'm sitting in my <laughs> kayak. The tip is basically in the water, yeah. even though I'm standing there. And it's like the tip is still in the water. It's pretty funny. But the only reason why that is is because you're trying to create the action, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, There's yeah, the, yeah. Only exist, the only reason. The rod, the rod is designed to get you bit more than it is to help you fight the fish. Mm-hmm. And the reel becomes more important. Well, let, let's talk fish. about the reels. What are you looking for in a slow pitch reel? Uh, anything works. You know, um, you can, there's slow pitch, you can use spinning, you can use bait casting, you can use, um, 
well, con- well, conventional. Well, wait, wait, back up, back up. <laughs> you can't just say people are going to use spinning for this. You got to be more specific. Like, what what grams are they using the spinning reel for? Um, well, I say that, but Florida, they're throwing spinning reels for the really the huge gram. They they don't use they only use spinning reels in Florida and like the East Coast. It's their thing. And you see these dudes pumping 500-gram jigs on spinning reels. Dang. So you can use a, right. a spinning reel if you want. Here in California, that's probably not the case, right? I use the spinning primarily for the 20-gram, the small stuff, because mm-hmm. it Same comes here. off the comes off the bale quick. Uh, I think it's easier. Um, that, that's just my style. When I go into the medium stuff, 60-gram to 120, 130-gram, I'm going bait caster usually, like a 300, 400 with it, what is your tranks or whatever? What about like the 220, the 130, that kind of the most well known and used slow pitch jig? I mean, you can get sizes. away with. Um, I, I like conventional reels myself um, because I like usually having more cranking power mm. and more inches per crank. But the bait casters are good because you get any more these days, they've got so much capacity. And you don't have to. They like, put they put the line on the on the real evenly. Yeah, with the line they've got the level wind for you, so they're a lot more user friendly. What about the specific slow pitch jigging reels that are that are out there made by let's say Daiwa, Shimano? I'm sure there's other brands, but they're harder to find. I don't really see them, um, but there are some like Shimano. They've got like the Shimano Oshea, which has a counter on it and you can adjust the speed at which the jig falls. No way. Oh, really? Yeah. And they don't sell them here and it has a speed that it falls that you can adjust and it, it's got a line counter on it. It's all digital. It, we're pretty cool. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But that's what <laughs> they do on, in Japan. They're that, blowing our this, minds here. That's where this technique comes from. Yeah, so. but but, but uh, that doesn't make any sense if you're trying to... You're, aren't you supposed to be throwing slack in these jigs to create the... the Impart right. the action. But I mean, on the way down. Yeah, but that's when you're trying to create the action, right? So how if you no, not if you're trying to get into a zone? Oh. Mm. And if you go too fast, that makes sense. If you go too fast, they start to flutter. And you want to go straight as fast as possible. Right. And sometimes mm. too fast is a problem because then they start to go horizontal. So you've got to know how to thumb it and control Perfectly. the. You have to control the speed on the way down. <laughs> you can't just let it go, otherwise it's going to flutter. <laughs> and you may want that, but. Not if you're going that deep. So what you're saying is this is the advanced level of slow pitch fishing. Yeah, yeah I don't even have one of those. And <laughs> they make like a version here, but they don't have the slow pitch version. Not yet. I, th- I think mm-hmm. they will once it becomes more prominent. Yeah. Sure. As it becomes more popular, I'm sure it would come out. Yeah. yeah I, I, how, do you think like who's going to be using slow pitch jigging? Is it anyone that anyone could use it? I mean, like, anyone that wants to catch fish. <laughs> 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 well, okay. To piggyback on Kevin's question, who are you seeing it? buying most of your jigs? Are they just people kind of like us that want to try new things or more, mainly beginners who don't know any better? Uh, I think everybody. At, um, are 50-year-olds doing this? No, not really. Um, are you well, 50? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my are you 50, no. Chris? No. We're still no. old, though. We're still We're old. still young. Yeah, like I, I went into um, – I did a seminar – for some group, and they were they were older gentlemen. And I, I asked, "Who here's her slow pitch jigging?" And not a single hand went up. And, <laughs> but I was excited about that because I'm like, yeah. we get to talk about it. I mean, that's that's why I'm here. I'm here to evangelize the, the slow pitch jigging. But yeah. I think people try it, but then once they get bit, they're hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And I think once they see that it works, it's like they're they're believers. It, it's it's pretty crazy. 
But I, I see everything. Spotty fishing all the way up to, to tuna. It's if I think if you like an active style, mm-hmm. it's it's the way for you. If you want to wait and bait, it's probably not your jam, mm-hmm. you know. But if if you like active fishing and you like to control the action and, and kind of have like some say in how you caught the fish, I, I think it's a good. That's kind of like we're we're all in that same boat where we're just trying. It's mainly it's mainly action fishing and really kind of active fishing. I'd say a little more advanced, you yeah. know, because you. You got to learn it. You got to do it. I, I don't know if I, if somebody was like brand new to fishing, I don't know if I'd mm-hmm. not yet. Get them to but then again, if they didn't know and that's all they learned, they probably pick it up pretty quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I would think you, uh, just a beginner, when you have the jig working for you as opposed to just actually working it. Yeah. I would think that's probably an incentive too for, for someone that's beginning. Yeah. I actually, You're probably right. I have history. I recently I took out um, my old Hobie boss. Um, of the boss of bosses that I was working for, and she and her husband went out with me. Ruth's not really the most fishiest person that I know that can actually throw like an iron or anything like that. She's a sorry, she's Ruth. hardcore, but she's not that hardcore. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I gave her a slow pitch rod. It was on an assassin. I'd start with the assassin, then went with the javelin, and she did it. She for her first time fishing it. We were fishing two hundred some feet. And she was able, because it's so easy to do, you're down, and you just got to wind and move the jig up, and you can make it whatever you want, but it's not like you have to, You're first of all, you're not casting. Yeah. So that's a big deal, right? Not, I, I think in the Pantheon, like, cast, casting's hard, and I, I, didn't really, hard. I didn't really take that into account. I think probably live bait's the easiest, and then probably slow pitch jigging, jigging's up there, yeah. If you, if you can cast, they'd keep... I know people that, that still can't cast irons and yeah. <laughs> reel them in at the right speed. It's that's yeah. no joke. Surface irons is like it's definitely it's easier than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So surface irons is a very specific technique, yeah. but that slow pitch jigging is so vertical most of the time, right? If not all the time, it it is beneficial for someone to like if they've never tried it and think it's hard. I would say it's probably one of the least yeah. hard things that you you're, you yeah. said. And you can make it as hard as you want because you can. I cast these out. Mm-hmm. I take a sixty. I'll bomb that thing in the hoil like a hundred yards. Oh yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and for short and fishing, I, and too. I work it back. And same with short fishing. It's I'll, more coverage. I'll, I'll cast it and work it. Yeah, and then but still, you're just you're popping it, letting it work through the zone, and you get smacked all the time. So when you want to go more advanced, yeah, cast them and work it invert horizontally. Nice. Well, I mean, when it comes to fishing these guys and, and, and all that, fishing these jigs and everything, you have quite the YouTube channel yeah. where you kind of yeah. show, I mean, p- your people can watch you fish, but you're also doing how-to videos on how to fish them. Yeah. So you guys, you know, you're interested in seeing it. You can check out my YouTube, Submission Fishing on YouTube. The whole channel I designed was to introduce this technique to people. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was doing it. Not to sell products, but to just yeah, show. I didn't, even, I didn't even have products at this point. Mm-hmm. So my early videos, I didn't have products because they weren't even something that was on my radar. So I was just really, I just wanted to show people this new te- this thing that I found. Nobody knew about it. Nobody knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Within the group, you know, our club, the MMFC, I showed people there. They started fishing it. They loved it. So I'm like, I got to. I got to spread the word on this thing, you know, and so that's where, and now the genesis is, it's, you can see anything. I've caught bluefin, bonito, halibut, sandbass, pretty much any predator species. And I'm primarily fishing. Two fish on the slope, same slope, jig. Yeah, two fish on the same jig. That's crazy. All, all the time, man. It happens a lot. Really? Calicos, sandies. I've caught one calico, one sandbass on the same jig. Jeez. 
double. I was showing you guys earlier that somebody tagged me on Instagram with one of my jigs that caught two sculpin, and the same day today, somebody put one two rockfish huh. on a jig. So two and two day, you know, two and two. So there's two hooks. I guess you get two fish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a good way to do that, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> two fish, one jig, man. You can't complain with that. One thing I want to say before we all um, forget to mention this, when you're fishing rockfish, it's really important not to fish three hooks. Yes. Even you get you get two Just, hooks. Yes. Yes. You on these some of these jigs, most of these jigs from the one thirty down to the twenty, they come with two hooks right away. But you you cannot add a third hook when you're rock fishing. Correct. You can have as many hooks as you want in saltwater for any other you know species aside from rockfish, and if you're in the San San Francisco Bay, those are your two limitations. But do not have a hook on your rod with more, or sorry, a, a thing, whether it's a sabiki or anything like that, with more than three hooks if you have rockfish on board. Yeah, that's true. You'll we get, get in, like my YouTube channel, We do. I do a live show too at uh, 7 p.m. every Thursday. We get nerdy into this stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want, check it I, out. You guys are into, the, like, I talk about tying stuff. We talk about the hooks that Kevin was talking about. So if you're into it and you're like, you want to get in like super nerdy with it, that's what we do. <laughs> I sit there for an hour and just, it's not, it's not all jigging. 7 p.m. on Thursday. I talk a lot about the CCA. I talk nice. a lot about the laws. Thank you. You know. When it comes to these, at least the 60 gram, 20, 40 and all that stuff, these hooks pretty much, I mean, they're heavy duty, so they must last yeah. quite a while, right? Yeah. We do got BKK hooks, the salt water. Uh, they're all made in house. So then we get the hooks in and. Our guy hired a guy just to just to wrap hooks. Really? You know, yeah. So they're all do, made for. Each is there trip. any need to sell like replacement hooks, or or do you sell replacement hooks? Um, not yet. I not think yet. It's, it's down the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Not so much to swap these guys out, but whenever they get rusty or whatnot. Yeah, or if you just bend some other ones, maybe, maybe yeah. even some big ones. Yeah, or bend, bend, the bend them out. out. Yeah. The tips yeah. get kind of you know. I mean, you're hooking a lot of fish, and they're hitting it so hard, and you're hammering them back. You know, on the, instead of the hooks tips. so hard, it gets the tip kind of gets. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I shouldn't tell you this, but you can like on the sumo, you probably don't need the bottom hook, mm-hmm. and you could even save take that off and save it. That's yeah, true. You yeah. probably only need the top hook on those. Mm-hmm. We sell it with the both, but mm-hmm. some people don't like the bottom hook at all on the smaller stuff, just for snagging reasons and stuff like that, and. I'm, I'm one of those guys. They catch with the top hook. You don't necessarily yeah. need the two. We put it on there just so it's like, it's there if you want it. But nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of selling these, where you guys just got into some stores, yeah. where do we buy these? I'll let my uh, beautiful rep over here. Wow. <laughs> the beautiful, beautiful reps. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's an interesting word. Wouldn't you agree with it, Chris? Come on. Oh, totally. You're so sexy, Kevin. Dang. Wow, too far. You crossed the line. <laughs> We're in three stores. We're currently in three stores as of this podcast, but by next week, it'll probably be different. So check it out and make sure if you're interested in having Submission Fishing Company products in a store, make a mention. Tell them what you want. Tell them where you got heard about it. Um, CCA podcast, you know, anywhere else you're going to find out about these jigs, tell them that you want it. We'll get it in there. Um, right now we're in Shark Bait, which is in Huntington Beach. We're in Tackle Express, which is up in Santa Clarita. And we're in Hogan's Tackle, which is in Dana Point. And beyond that, we're going to expand, but try to make sure that if you're interested in these jigs, check them out with those dealerships. Um, we're thankful for them to take the take on, you know, trying out something new. Obviously, slow pitch jigging is just starting to really take off. So um, we're excited to be in that space. And I'm sure that when you see these jigs, you're going to be impressed with the look. Um, the, obviously, we're very proud of the quality 
Um, the paint jobs are amazing, and and the clear coat that's on there is that's is for sure is very good, and very excited to see some people take off with this and really find their own doing this. So, um, I mean, we're gonna take a picture of all these jigs on the, and we'll post it for sure. But I mean, this is a colorful, colorful table right yeah, now. Yeah, man. And some of the names on these things, man. <laughs> Ogre. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cool. ogre, oh, yeah. ogre is one of them, and the the color names like Rainbow Roll. Yeah, I saw fun. that. Yeah. You know, you know where that, that came from is when one day we were at Home Depot with my wife, and we were looking at paint names, and I'm like, how awesome would it be? Somebody gets paid to name these paint names. Like, have you ever seen the names of paints, like wall paints? Yeah, <laughs> it's like summer dream and it's like a yellow or it's like <laughs> That's orange true. so I'm like calico brown this was years ago I was like man there's, somebody's like out there naming names so that was one of my funnest parts is coming up with names for the golden <laughs> death the golden death <laughs> strawberries and cream yeah. yeah cherry bomb cherry bomb which is yeah. the red yeah it's a red and glow mm-hmm. that's one of my that's one of your new colors that's yeah. that's definitely one of the most interesting ones you yeah, know and for sure there's a color for everyone. There's a blue, yeah, pretty much orange, yeah, yellow, gold. That's There's cool. uh, rainbow, rainbow, rainbow. <laughs> yeah. and then a confetti. Yeah, confetti's pretty cool. So there's there's a bunch of different options for people to come and take a take a look. And we got glow, no glow, some, confetti cake. They all glow. Yeah, mm. upgrade. I'm hungry. You didn't feed us today. <laughs> oh, man. This has been cool, man. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. This thanks is, for uh, having me. This is fantastic. Awesome. I listen to you guys all the time. So. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Before we, we, we get going, though, any new and exciting things we need to be on the lookout from Submission Fishing, any new upcoming episodes, all that good stuff? Um, yeah, just like I said, every Thursday we're on there. Uh, I put out YouTube videos, like the long-form ones, um, every couple weeks. Sometimes I'm doing... You know, twice a month, but it's usually like once a month I get one out, depending on how much I fish, and just look for them in stores. I mean, that that's the goal right now. We're mm-hmm. just trying to spread the love, trying to spread the uh, the slow pitch name, and get people out there and fish it, do the technique. So nice. That's that's the goal right now. I could tell We're you trying to get black belt, the black belt in fishing. Yeah, that's the yeah, goal. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I can totally tell, and Kevin, you could probably tell too, where it's not so much selling products for you it's about getting the word out on slow pitch fishing because you believe in it and that yeah. much yeah that, that's that's where it started like i said i didn't i didn't start this selling jigs mm-hmm. i started it to get the name out for slow pitch jigging mm-hmm. and then it just kind of evolved like i couldn't find these so i'm like so i'm gonna make them make them for us californians and and mm-hmm. beyond so yeah I, it wasn't about selling jigs at first i can already tell you're gonna be a pioneer in slow pitch jigging that's awesome i believe it yeah, yeah. He, he already has a lot more as far as Bay, he's probably the most insightful on in getting this done. Like, this is something very different. It's very different. And if I was to give any recommendation for a jig that you need to buy for for the Bay, pick any one of the Sumos in 20 grams and have a great time. Yeah. Casting, jig, vertical jigging on docks, have a good time. That's that's pretty much my favorite one. And the 20 gram assassin. And in the fish. in the fall when we go back to knife jigging at night, I'm gonna pick up one of these 500 gram yeah, jigs. Yeah, you're gonna be a 500 dude. Yeah, why not? Total six. I'm gonna be a six. six? Dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do we have a six here? Yeah, it's it. right right here. There's the the jumbo. That's the biggest one that submission fishing makes right now. Yeah. Okay. What Michael, do you think? I'm telling you right now, I need a jumbo. Really? Are you gonna Are you gonna fish? Everybody it? needs one. Yeah. <laughs> what color are you gonna get? 
I like this color. This is the rainbow roll. Yeah, right? rainbow roll. Yeah, I like that one too. Very popular. I color. like it because the colors, but I also love rainbow rolls. Yeah. That's, what, that's <laughs> why we got it, man. You're going to go catch your own. Yeah. yeah. Now it's you the, can make your own. It's the same reason why I only primarily fish mint jigs. I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Muto. This was awesome, man. Thank you so yeah, much for coming for on. Thanks for I appreciate it. Absolutely, we'll Good have stuff. to we'll have to get you back on uh, after the season once we're all, uh, you know, when we're getting slow pitch jigging out. And I know I'm going to start using it way more often than, than than normal. So this is cool. Yeah, whenever you need me, I'll be here. Heck yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks. For, if it's thanks for the cause, if it's for getting people out fishing, you know, I'm all about it. So yeah, that's what absolutely. it's all about. Ultimately, you know, is getting people out fishing. For so sure. If it's a new technique that needs to do it, that's what we do. Heck yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of the end of the year, we got to get you out on our toy drive December 10th at BNS Brewing. We'll be there. Heck yeah. Awesome. You going to be there, Kevin? I'm going to be there. You're not going to go fishing? No. Nice. Nice. December 10th, unless there's going to be, I mean, there's always (laughs) the unless, you know, like, I don't know, but I'll be there. I'll be there December 10th. Sweet. Planted far enough ahead. Well, speaking of December 10th, we have just announced we are going to be doing a toy drive with our other podcast, Doc Talk, and uh, that's going to be December 10th, BNS Brewing, and uh, we normally do a toy drive every year, Kevin. We usually normally do it at Dana Landing. This year, we're taking it inside. We're going to have a party. It's going to be uh, 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock, that's awesome. and um, we're going to do some live podcasts and all kinds of good stuff and uh, some other guests and new guests and old guests and... It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Very interesting what happens there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting to say the least, for yeah. sure. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it and uh, seeing you all out at BNS Brewing. See Kevin, as always, fascinating stuff, man. I'm glad to be here. We always have a great guest. And, you know, for me, it's been a little bit of time since I've been back on I here. Know. But I'm um, happy to be back on. Thanks for bringing me back in. And I think that if you haven't learned to any, listen to more of the CCA podcast, you definitely should have. Um, there's a whole archive on Spotify. And well, where where else can you find? Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and Google. I just use Spotify. I love yeah. it. But cool. make sure you also get subscribed or you know sign up for um, mailing lists and be able to get informed when the new episodes come out. Um, and and always there's going to be a great guest there with some information. So make sure you studied up. Yep. And guys, just to give you a little sneak preview, go leave a five star review. It might pay off for you. That's, oh. that's a little tease that I'll uh, save for next week. Is there a prize involved? There might be a prize. But needless to say, go leave a five-star review. Go write us and um, leave us a little comment on the review page. We'd love to hear from them. Love to uh, see how we're doing. No, I'm going to make Muto mad. But Uh we're going to give away some submission fishing jigs because of that. So if they leave a five-star review, we're going to give them a 600-gram rainbow roll. Ooh. Fifty dollars. I like it. Do it. That's a, that is how much they are retail, and we're going to give them to them. So, right? You can add that to the. I like it. Thank you. This I, is going to be cool. Have, I don't have a say in this. That's done already. <laughs> done. I, I guess the the say was via Kevin. Hey, it spreads the love. I'm all about it. <laughs> awesome. Make man. sure you leave a five star review. Yeah. Very important. For sure. Five star review. Leave a comment. Love to hear from you. Muto, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank Guys. you for donating, Muto. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's, yeah. my, it's, my, it's my pleasure. Yep. 
Guys, another fascinating week. Thank you so much for all that you do, all of the support for CCA. We do, certainly do appreciate it. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Give us a like on Facebook and like what we said. Leave us a five-star review. It may work out for you. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week. Thank you.